the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. To be sure, as we saw yesterday here on Truth For Today, God does weary with us. But He is sovereign. He is omnipotent. And there are answers, as we'll see next. From Valley Bible Church in Hercules, this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Hi there. Welcome to the program. We're in Isaiah chapter 40 as we are exploring God when he wearies of us and our sinful nature and tendencies, but then also what he does. As we begin our time together today, we are reminded that God is sovereign over all of his creation, including kings, men of renown, those who would do evil. With an example of all of this, here's Pastor Phil Howard as we begin today's Friday broadcast of Truth For Today. I think of old Herod in the book of Acts when they started calling him a God. He said, bring it on, bring it on. So I am. And then Flavius Josephus said, the end of the man was his bowels came out of his body as the worms ate his insides. For God said, any man that thinks he's a God, I'll turn him into food for worms. And he died an excruciating death. The man enacted, I am a God. Your intestines will be on the ground. Who do you think you are, little man? Little speck to defy God, to flip him off. I defy you to mess with me. I'm my own God. You're but a vapor, and you're but the grass that's going to be cut down. I cut rulers down. I cut men down. I will take care of you. If I have to put Capone on the rock at Alcatraz, you're not going to, you think you're running Chicago and the universe. I'm going to let syphilis and Alcatraz end your life. You're messing with God. And young people, young people, don't listen to all these pagan songs and this pagan attitude. God, we're cool, we're bouncing. You know what? They die at 20. They die at 15. People go to hell at 14. They go to hell at 12. They go to hell at 9. Oh, do not, do not defy this God. Your breath, your very, whether you wake up in the morning will be up to his choice. And as Jonathan Edwards says, you are suspended over the mouth of hell on a thin spider web that can break any moment. And you're walking over a thin thatch roof of which you can break through any moment into eternity. Only God is keeping you upside on this earth. Only God. That's why God says, don't fear man, fear me. Don't be afraid of man. I could cut off his breath like that. Tell my people they need comfort. Tell them who they gave up and who they're going to get back when I get them back in the land. The nations. Now he talks about the weakness of God's people. Number one, he calls them sheep. That's always 
a declaration of weakness and dependence. Uh, weak in neither provision, guidance, everything. But then you, you follow them. That we're not only like sheep that can get lost. We're people, believe it or not, who question God all the time. And especially when hard times come, we got a, lot, a thousand questions. Three questions Israel was asking God. Three questions. Verse 25. To whom then will you compare me that I should be like him, says the Holy One. Israel was comparing their God, Yahweh, to Marduk, an idol. The idol, the primary idol of Babylon. This verse is, verse is confusing. I should be like him. Who's the him? Most likely the idols. Marduk, the leading one. What, what are you doing comparing me to the mere idols of Babylon? Hear me. Luther said it to Erasmus. Your ideas of God are too small. Tozer said it this way. Whatever comes to a man's mind when you mention God is the greatest revealer of that man's knowledge of God. What do you think of when you say God? J.B. Phillips years ago wrote a book called Your God is Too Small. Problems tend to make us shrink God. We bring him down to the size of our problem. And he's telling them, who are you comparing me to? You're acting like I'm just any old God. I'm helpless like these idols you're comparing me to. Why do you do that? Second question they ask, verse 27. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord and my right is disregarded by my God? They're being self-occupied. My problems, my woe. You forgot about me, Lord. You forgot my phone number, my street address. You don't care. You're not involved. Where are you? Have you forgotten me? They get wrong interpretation of what they are in God's sight. And they're saying, you just wrote us off. You've just forgotten us. The exile, 70 years in Babylon. Where are you? You have forgotten us. And in our heartbreaks and our trials, sometimes we take that, why hasn't God showed up? Where is he? Where is he? God had said in Isaiah 49, 15, he asked Israel this question. Can a nursing mother ever forget her child? And he said, she may forget, meaning she does. And when you read Lamentations chapter 2 and chapter 4, you find out it said fine women of Israel would eat their own children. And they did. Under the siege, they became cannibalistic. And wonderful, finely cultured women devoured their children just like the Donner Party. When you're under a siege, you haven't had any food in a city for two months. Believe it or not, even a fine woman could think about devouring her baby. But God said, oh, Israel, 
My love is stronger for you than that of a woman for a baby. Then he says, for you see, I've engraved you in the palm of my hands. And the word for engraved was used for chiseling in stone. It was used of chiseling in city walls, city doors. It was used of carving wood, chisel, hammer, chisel. And he said, Israel, every time I look at my hands, I remember you. You're forever before me. And let me tell you where God chiseled you primarily. At an old rugged cross is where he chiseled me into his hand. And the wounds that were meant to extinguish him was the chisel God used to put my name in his Lamb's book of life forever. I've been chiseled into the hand of God. This God can never forget me nor release his grip on me. He's paid too big a price to lose me. I'm chiseled. I'm chiseled. Cut out. Engraved in the hand of God. Don't ever say God's forgot you. Impossible. Third thing he says, question they ask, verse 28. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He's saying, have you forgot how majestic your God is? Have you forgot I'm the sustainer of the universe? Have you found out I don't go work out in the gym to stay in health? I never get tired. I didn't take the seventh day off in creation because I was tired. I just set a pattern for you. You're going to need rest. I don't get tired. God never gets tired. Omnipotence never wears out. And he said, but you forgot that. Uh, You're acting like uh, the idols you've been hanging out with. You've reduced me. Now, he says, let me tell you of the grace I want to show you. The grace I want to give to my needy people. And he tells them three things. Number one, God says, I want to give you my power and strength in the midst of your trial. Anybody here care to have that? How would you feel like I could bring my weakness to God and he'll offer his strength? You mean that's, that's what you're offering? Yes. I don't faint. You are fainting. I don't get weary. You do get weary. And let me tell you these two words, faint and weary. The word faint comes from a Hebrew word to uh, what happens when you haven't had water and food. You, you're becoming faint. Yeah. Weakness is setting in, but it's lack of nourishment. God is saying, uh, I'm well nourished. I don't need water. I don't need food. I don't need you. But you're wore out. You've been on that desert. You've been going without water, maybe, without food. You're famished. You're barely making it. Two, the word weary means toil, work, wore out from exertion. Israel, hear me. I'm not about to faint. I'm not exhausted. I'm not giving out. And I'm not too tired from what I've been holding up the stars, the Milky Way, the whole universe. I'm not tired. I don't get tired. And I'm telling you, I'm willing to pour my strength into you. Second thing, but you've got to do something. What's that? He says, I'll pour this strength into you. 
And I want to renew you. The word for renew. Is it in your Bible? Let's see. He goes on. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Now he says God does this. Then he says, don't be upset if you're fainting. Even young men are fainting. And it's the idea they were young enough to be in military. They're fainting. They're weary. They're stumbling. They're exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord. Now, what does the word wait mean for? It's a synonym word. In Hebrew, the word faith has a family of synonyms. Kylan Delich, if you wanted the reference, the book of Isaiah. He said that faith had a family of synonyms. And the synonyms were hope, longing, uh, reliance, uh, looking to. And so when you see in the Bible, Psalms 25, I waited on the Lord. It means in faith, I was longing for the Lord. In faith, I was hoping I was expecting him to come through. It's a description of, I'm waiting on God in faith. I'm looking to God. I'm trusting, hoping, longing. Not passive. Well, I'm waiting on the Lord. No, 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 no. No, no, no. This isn't talking about uh, Rip Van Winkle going to sleep. Let's talk about active waiting. Active pursuing. Active believing. I will wait on you, Lord. And when you wait on the Lord, he said he will do something. He will renew your strength. What in the world, what is it when he renews your strength? Well, it comes from an interesting uh, word. It means to exchange. You got that? Let let me give you what it means. Um... It has the idea of changing from old clothes to new clothes. It has the idea of exchanging weakness and fainting for omnipotent strength. You make an exchange when you wait on him. An exchange is going to happen. He's going to take your weakness. He's going to take your inability, your inexhaustion. And when he pours his strength into those who wait... You will exchange weakness for strength. You'll exchange inability for ability. You'll exchange the fainting for the soaring. You'll make an exchange. Wait. Wait on the Lord. And he says it throughout the Psalms. The death of modern church life is few wait on God. They just want a quick fix on Sunday and get me out of here so I can see the game at one. You know what? That's why you stay burdened. Your God is available, but he's not in a hurry. As long as you want to carry it, as long as you want to keep it on you, go ahead. Go ahead. He will keep his strength to himself. He only gives it to those who are trusting him, relying on him, waiting on him. Then, what did he say he would do? Let us see here. He said, I'll give you enablement in three areas. Number one, I'll enable you to do the impossible. Mount up with wings as an eagle. None of us know how to fly. He said, you wait on me and it will be as though you're flying. 
I'm going, to make, I'm going to overcome every obstacle that seems impossible for you. Wait on me and see what I can do. Two, I will let you overcome the normal fatigue that comes from exertion, like running. I'll let you run and not get tired. I'll let you run and you won't feel spent. I'll let you run. Thirdly, I'll let you walk with me all of your life. You'll mount up with wings as eagle. You'll run. And I have to read something that Dr. John Watts, I've heard it before, but I found it in print, that he says this about the soaring eagle. That what he's really saying, stretch out your pinions, your wings. Stretch them out on Jehovah. You're waiting on him. And you, you've taken the posture of that eagle. I'm just stretching out my wings. And he said, you do that and I'll make you soar. Now listen to what Watts says. The figure of the eagle's wings is apt. The soaring eagle is borne aloft, not by his powerful wings, but by the wind's currents lifting his rigid pinions. Those waiting are those prepared to be lifted up and carried aloft by the Spirit of God in his time and in his way. I come, I'm spread out, I'm waiting on Jehovah. That word I trust, I got my nose to the ground. I'm, I'm stretched out on God. I have no power over this situation. And sometimes all of a sudden you feel yourself being lifted, lifted. And we used to sing an old song, lift me up above the shadows where the pure sunshine is found. All of a sudden I said, I feel like I'm soaring. I just had a prayer meeting. What is it? The wind of the Spirit takes this poor, fatigued, fainting, weak believer. And all of a sudden, the power of the Spirit lifts you up above it all. And you're up there just gliding. Riding the wind. Riding the wind. You know, uh, I keep forgetting. I had to ask Carolyn. You know, we have some fruit trees in the backyard. And we watch watch all these hummingbirds. They're fascinating, aren't they? A lot of hummingbirds remind me of people like you, always going. You know, humming, humming. But I've never seen an eagle out in the forest. But we have hawks that also fly over there. And, and I, there, it's totally two different worlds, the hummingbird and the hawk. Well, if you looked at a California condor, one guy said, do you know what an eagle tastes like? He said, I don't, but California condor is great. You know, so uh, either way, you know. If you were astute, you would get that. It's a great line. Uh, what it's saying is the wind and birds of prey, even our owls out here, the way they glide, looking for a mouse, you know, looking for something to eat. They just can glide, and they're looking. What keeps him up there? Wind current. He's telling his people, you can't imagine it, but if you just stretch out on me, I'll provide the wind. I'll provide the current. I'll lift you up. 
I'll enable you to uh, run. I'll enable you to walk. I think about walking. You know, uh, George passed away uh, Friday with the Lord in his 70s. It's something to see some saints that run. It's another thing to see some saints. How long have you been walking with the Lord? 50 years? 60? Why are you still walking? I'm still waiting. I still wait on the Lord. We got 90 years old. Uh, The book that we hope it's on order when it gets here, the book that you'll get to read, my precious Betty at 90 years of age transcribed it. 90. Loves the Word of God as much today as any newborn believer here. She loves to transcribe the tapes because she said, I get to feed on the Word all the time. Betty, haven't you got it by now? Get over it. Get over it. You don't need to still be learning. You don't need to still be walking. We got young people around here fainting. Young men are washing out. Who is it that makes you keep going year after year after year after year? I'm, I'm looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. I'm waiting for my change to come. I ain't stopping. I ain't going back. I'm walking. I'm walking. I hope to run and I want to fly. Where do you get it? If you'll wait on me, I'll pour my strength into you. If you just stay tired, stay for... Now, God may tell you, you need to knock out doing 80 uh, minutia things that don't amount to anything anyway. Wait on me. But what do we do? My schedule's so busy, I can't wait on him. I got to get something done for Jesus. What? You got to do what? McGee used to say most church members are as busy as termites and just as destructive. (laughs) If you're not abiding in him, you can't get anything done for him. Who do you think you are? You get something done for omnipotence. You think God is worried? Like the unsaved. We want to evangelize because we want to obey. But guess what? I don't care what you think about this statement. Everybody that he chose from the foundation of the world, somebody's going to lead him to the Lord. Would you like to be a part of it? That's the privilege. They will be there. There won't be any blood on my hands because he didn't put them in my hands. He says, I will save. Well, you notice that famous, famous drawing about the footprints in the sand. You know why you've come so far? You've been carried. And when you get wore out, you get fatigued. All he's saying is, you know why God lets you worry? You know why he lets you have fear? He hadn't heard from you lately. Anxiety and fear is God's side of saying, I'd like to talk with you, and I know you won't come until you get worried. I'll take you on any terms. Show up. Well, Lord, things are kind of going good. I noticed you haven't showed up lately. You know what? Wait. And you can soar. The wind will bear you up. Wait. And you can run. And you won't have fatigue. Wait. You can walk and walk. And until you take your last breath, they'll ask you, what were you doing? He said, I was walking towards the city. I've been walking with him many years. Anybody get saved in the 50s? Anybody alive in the 50s? Five of you, good. Us guys that I don't see walking that I used to walk with. But it doesn't make any difference. I'm counting on omnipotence to get there. And he said, you can have all my power if you're willing to wait 
if you're willing to trust, if you're waiting to just draw from me. And the church said, Amen. Amen. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Our time today spent in God's Word to encourage you, to bring you truth for today. If you have questions or comments about our time together, we would invite you to write to us. You can either visit our website and drop us an email, write to us via U.S. mail, or give us a call. Another way to reach out to us with your questions would be to simply record them on your voice memo app on your smartphone, and then email that audio to tftquestions at valleybible.org. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Our website, truthfortodayradio.org. And if you're writing to us, the address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. If you have questions about the ministry of Truth For Today and how we are funded to air on this radio station, we would love to talk with you. We are listener-supported, quite simply, and no gift is too small, no gift is too large. Whether it's a one-time gift or a monthly gift, it all goes back into the radio ministry, ensuring that it airs on this radio station. So would you consider that as you reach out to us here at Truth For Today? One other note as we close out our time together today, if this broadcast and this ministry encourages you in your walk with Christ, and you happen to be looking for a church that does just that, we would invite you to contact valleybible.org. Pastor Phil is Pastor Emeritus at Valley Bible Church in Hercules, and while he is no longer in the pulpit, we are still very much a part of this church body. And we would invite you to come and join us for worship. For more information, again, valleybible.org or call 855-833-9864. And then we invite you to come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Blessed be the name.